It is not a mystery that your brain is a very important organ. It is critical to use your brain uh, in order to pursue your dreams in career and hobby and in life and to have a fulfilled life. And to be able to be a master of your brain is part of what I talk about a lot of, I'll say, uh, with respect to mindset. And there's another aspect of the brain beyond mindset that I think is also critical, and that has to do with your memory and other brain performance functions. Now, that is the primary reason that we've got uh, the guest today on the Chase Jarvis Live show here on Creative Live, and his name is Jim Quick. Not only is he a leader in brain performance, uh, mental fitness, and memory improvement, but he's an all-around awesome guy and someone I've been looking to have on the show for, let's call it maybe three years, so three years in the making, and uh, Jim's story is it, it, obviously quick is like a fascinating name to have a like a lightning fast memory, um, but that's yes his real name. Uh, but his story is fantastic because it has this. The reason he developed these skills came from a very pr practical place, and the fact that they play such an important role in the areas that we cover in this podcast. I think that's the that's a beautiful synergy here. But in particular, he had a childhood brain injury that left him with a bunch of learning challenges. And that, as you know, happens to some of us, that makes us want to like double down and pay attention. Like, how can I get better at this? And he has since dedicated his entire life to helping others unleash their true genius via the brain. Um, Jim is also the CEO of Quick Learning, which is an amazing online accelerated learning academy. He teaches speed reading. Uh, he's, you know, he's got clients like Google and Virgin and Nike and SpaceX and, you know, all, all of the big dogs. Um, and we just have an absolutely phenomenal conversation because we cover a lot of ground. We cover his personal history, but also the application of memory. You want to remember somebody's name at a party, uh, then, you know, we give a couple, he gives a couple pointers. You want to remember a list of, I think either 10 or 15 things. We actually do an exercise. He does it live on me and we are, I'm able to remember in order, I think it's somewhere between 10 and 15 things in this podcast in real time. So you get to see, you get to see me under pressure, but the cool thing is, is a Jim's a great teacher and two the the tactics for doing this are incredibly simple. And in just, you know, 45 minutes or so with Jim here, you're going to, you're going to understand that you can apply his teachings from this podcast. We give you some uh, links out to some other materials and it's incredibly valuable. So get ready for a super tactical, uh, big vision, big picture, uh, conversation about how you can be better with your own brain performance and mental fitness with Mr. Jim Quick. So I'm going to get out of the way before we do just a super quick word from our sponsor. And then we're back with Jim. Hey, if you know anything about me or my work, you know that I'm on a mission to help you live your best life in career, hobby, in your day to day, in every single capacity. And I believe deeply in creativity. Now, I do that through lots of vehicles, through Creative Live, through content like this podcast, but I also want to steer you specifically toward my book, Creative Calling. Now, Creative Calling launched as an instant bestseller, uh, and it is the culmination of so much of my life's work. Uh, interviews, you know, hundreds of podcast shows, thousands of shows on Creative Live, and my personal experiences 
it motivated me to write the book. And uh, if you are, um, if you pay attention to reviews and stuff, it has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five star reviews on Amazon. If that matters to you, if it doesn't, and you're willing to just take my word for it, it has so much of what I know to be true in this world about pursuing who we are and what we want to be or become in this world. So I would steer you to that and uh, I'm dying to know what you think. So check it out if you don't have a copy. It's available wherever books are sold. The big box stores, of course, can probably have it to your house in 20 minutes. And if you are able to buy it from a local bookshop, that's cool too. It would mean a lot to me and uh, I, I hope it would add a ton of value to you. So check it out. In the meantime, let's get back to the show. Jim Quick is in the house. Jim, welcome to the show. Chase, this is a uh, real honor to be here, and thank you everybody who's joining us. Oh well, I'll just tell you, we got folks. If you would actually holler where you're listening from from around the world, because it is this is a live recording today, and I'm already seeing folks from yes, New Zealand is in the house. Uh, we've got Minnesota. It's cold and sunny in Minnesota. They say um, we got New York, New Jersey, uh, San Francisco, Sacramento. Uh, oh, what is it? Oh, I don't know. What, oh, I think that's it. Africa. Wow. Uh, we got to say we have a global audience would be an understatement. Um, so welcome and uh, look forward to hearing from, from some of you around the world. If you've got questions or comments for Jim as we get underway, please share them and I will do my best. Oh, Kuala Lumpur chiming in just to, to, to throw another one. UK, Houston. Okay. Now, yeah. now I can't keep up now. <laughs> Romania. <laughs> Phoenix, Virginia, India, Honolulu. Okay, I'll stop. Jim, welcome to the show, man. Thanks again. And I'm fascinated. I've known your work for some time. Just we are sort of internet acquaintances uh, and we run in similar circles, but we haven't actually met. This is the first time we're spending real time together. So I'm excited to have you on the show. I was captured by your story and basically the why behind your work, as I understood it. So I'm wondering if you can start there, start at the beginning, how, you know, I think nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, I want to be the world's best brain coach. <laughs> and I'm sure your, your, your high school career counselor did not make that recommendation. Probably your parents or grandparents and friends did, but here you are. And, and I would love for you to start off by sharing a little bit of your backstory. Yeah. Well, thank you. Shout out to all our my fellow creators, entrepreneurs that are out there, uh, aspiring and, and otherwise. You're you're my people. I believe the the future belongs to the creators, and uh, I really do feel like creators are modern day superheroes. And I talk a lot about superheroes, and I'll explain why. Um, when people see me on stage and on a regular year, I could be in front of maybe a quarter million people live, three continents, and one week. I do. I start out usually with these crazy demonstrations where I'll maybe memorize fifty or hundred people's names in an audience. Uh, you know, maybe a hundred, hundred words or random numbers. But I always tell people afterwards, you know, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to all of you what's really possible. Because the truth is, you could do this too, and a whole lot more, regardless of your age, your background, your career, education level, financial situation, your gender, history, IQ. And the reason why I know is because I grew up with some pretty severe learning challenges, as you mentioned. I had a traumatic brain injury when I was five years old in school. Very, very bad fall. I was rushed to the emergency room. And, uh, you know, my parents said I was never the same after that. Whereas before I was very curious, very playful. Um, 
and uh, very energized. I became very shut down. And where it really showed up was in school. I had really bad focus. I don't know who could relate to that. I, uh, I didn't understand things. Teachers would repeat themselves over and over again, Chase, but I just, I'd pretend to understand. Maybe I had early imposter syndrome, but I just didn't really understand. Horrible, horrible memory. It took me three years longer just to learn how to read. You know, my teachers would have been surprised if I read a book, much less wrote a book. Um, and I, I taught myself how to read by reading comic books. And that's why I talk about superheroes, you know, so, so much, but, um, you know, I remember a defining moment. I was nine years old and I was slowing down the entire class and I was being teased for it. And a teacher pointed to me in front of the whole class and said, that's the boy with a broken brain. And, uh, you know, it really just, that wow. became my limit. And so, uh, you know, a big challenge. So I, um, you know, I struggled all through school and as time went by, I, I learned some skills, some strategies on how to up-level my learning and uh, really up-level my life. And I've been sharing this now every single day for the past 29 years. And my mission is really to build better, brighter brains. No brain left behind is my mission. I love it. So at some point, yeah, you think in your story there, you, just just uh, moments ago, you said you, you learned some strategies. And I'm wondering if the strategies that you learned, uh, I, I'm, I'm maybe putting words into the un, uh, inaccurate words and tell me if I do, but it sounds like you mean coping strategies, ways to um, manage around what you talked about, your, your brain injury. And at what at what point did you shift from sort of strategies that were coping to sort of this, it sounds like almost like playing defense to like saying, wait a minute, this is, you know, my life and, you know, the mind, my neurology, these are muscles that I can strengthen with a specific set of, of exercises. Because I, I want all of the things that you just said, the ability to, you know, memorize uh, 50 names in a room in, in real time and, you know, many of the other examples, but at some point, talk to me about your, the mentality from playing defense to cope to wait, saying, wait a minute, this could be a massive strength. So you're absolutely right. That's a great way of putting it. I was on defense pretty much through high school. And so elementary school, middle school, junior high and high school, how did that manifest? I would pretend to understand, but I didn't, I would, uh, my superpower was really shrinking, you know, it was being, uh, invisible. I would sit all the way in the back. I'd sit behind the tall kid in class so I wouldn't get called on because I never had the answer. I would do a book report because I would work hard. But if the teacher asked me to present on it, I would lie and say I didn't do it. And I would take a, a zero failing grade because I was so embarrassed and, and um, so self-conscious. When I was 18, though, I was lucky enough to get into university. And I thought a freshman meant I could make a fresh start. And I took all these classes, hoping to do better, you know, and to show the world, show myself, make my parents proud. And I actually did worse. And that's when I was ready to quit school. And I don't know if anyone's been at that kind of choice point in their life. You know, there's a quote in my book from a French philosopher, and he says, life is the C between B and D. Life is C between B and D. B is birth, D is death, C is choice. You know, that um, I believe that the choices that we make, you know, up to these points, they help create the life that we're in. And I uh, was thinking about quitting school and uh, a friend of mine said, you need perspective. 
And I think perspective is interesting to have a different point of view. It helps you with your creativity, changing the, your environment or changing the people you're spending time with and said, um, why don't you visit? I'm going home this weekend to visit family. Why don't you come with? And, uh, before you tell your folks you're going to quit school. And I decided to go and the family's pretty well off and, you know, beautiful home on the water. And the father walks me around his property before dinner and says, ask me a very simple question, which is the worst question you could ask me. He says, Jim, how's school? And I just break down and I cry in front of this whole complete stranger. And he's like, Jim, you know, I tell my whole story. And he says, Jim, why are you in school? You know, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? What do you want to share with the world? And I honestly didn't have any answers. And uh, when I go to answer him, he says, stop. And he makes me take out a, he takes out like a notebook out of his back pocket and rips out a couple of sheets, making me write it down, which I think is the first point to being creative, taking something invisible and making it visible. And um, I make this bucket list. And when I'm done, he, he rips it out of my hands. And I'm freaking out because I wasn't expecting him to see it. And he starts looking at my dreams and I don't know how much time goes by, but he looks at me and says, Jim, you're this close to everything on this list. And for people who are just listening, he spreads his index fingers about a foot apart. And I'm saying, no way, you know, give me a 10 lifetimes. I'm not going to crack that list. And he takes his two fingers and he puts them to the side of my head, meaning what's in between is really the key. And he takes me into a room of his home that I've never seen before. It's like wall to wall, sitting on the floor covered in books. And he says, leaders are readers. And he starts handing me these books to read. And he puts me on a path of uh, really wanting to understand how my brain works so I can work my brain. You know, understanding that it's not how smart you are, but it's really how are you smart. And I devote myself to these arts of adult learning theory, you know, uh, positive psychology, uh, multiple intelligence theory, mnemonics, you know, speed reading, and um, and then I just found a new whole new world. And that's where it became where in about 60 days, a light switch flipped on. And I just started to understand things. I started to have focus. And not only did my, my grades unfold, but also my life did too. And so I think that's where I went from being defense to, to being more proactive, having, you talk about agency a lot, having agency over my life. Mm-hmm. What about that? It, dive into that 60 days, because I think that's a really fascinating window um, and, you know, a big part of, you know, your book again, for those who are just joining us live. And I do want to give a shout out to Anna and Sky and Becca and Lisa and Marcia, um, people again from all over the world, Nepal, we're saying Mexico, Auckland, New Zealand. If you do have questions for Jim, please uh, ask them in the comments and I will, I will share them. Um, but you know, this, this, this concept of going from defense to offense, what was, what specifically changed in that 60 days? You know, just again, your book, Limitless, Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster and Unlock Your Exceptional Life. You talk about flipping your mindset. Was that what happened in that 60 day window? If not, tell me what happened. And if so, explain the concept of flipping your mindset. So, um, all right. So he gives me all these books, you know, my, my mentor gave me all these books to read. And honestly, I didn't want to read my, that wasn't like my mindset back then. I didn't know what the value of books. I've never read a book cover to cover before. And he, um, but he's smart when I tell him, start talking about, you know, I have all this schoolwork. I can't, you know, I mean, listen to my story. And I think part of what keeps us stuck is the stories that we have, right? These scripts that you're not, it's not possible or, 
you're not good enough. And I, you know, I certainly felt that. And, uh, but he's a smart, he, he pulled out my bucket list and he starts reading my goals out loud. And I don't know, Chase, it was just something about hearing your goals or dreams in another person's voice incanted out into the universe that really kind of touched my purpose, uh, touched because a lot of things on that list were things I wanted to do for my folks, things that they could never afford to do for themselves, even if they could afford. And that's why I talk about motivation a lot. A lot of people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. But with that leverage, I agree to read one book a week and I go back to school and I have a pile of books I have to read and a pile of books I want to read that I promised. And I already couldn't get through pile A. So what do I do? I don't eat. I don't sleep. I don't work out. I don't spend time with friends. I just live in the library and I just start wasting away. And one night I, I pass out uh, just out of sheer exhaustion. I fell down a flight of stairs, hit my head again. I woke up in the hospital bed. And at this point, I was down to 117 pounds and I almost died. And that's a big shift in my mindset because when you feel like you're in that dark place, and it was definitely the darkest place in my life um, where I just felt like I was not enough. I tried everything and I was very hopeless. But when I woke up in that hospital bed, another part of me woke up also. And it made me think, um, and it's funny, you know what the cue was? A nurse came in with a mug of tea of, of everything. And on it was a picture of a pretty smart guy, Albert Einstein. And it had this quote on it, like maybe the universe communicating to me. And it said, the same level of thinking that's created your problem won't solve your problem. And it made me ask a new question. I think one of the keys to creativity is asking new questions. Right. And I said, you know, what's my real challenge here? And my challenge is I'm a very slow learner. And I thought, well, how can I think differently about it? Well, maybe I can learn how to learn. I was like, okay, where do I do that? And I thought school. So I asked for the course bulletin and the nurse brings it to me. And I look at all these classes and there are all these classes on math and history and science and Spanish, all classes on what to learn, but there were zero classes on how to learn, how to focus, how to concentrate how to remember things, how to read faster, how to be creative, right? And, um, and it was interesting. So I set my schoolwork aside and I started studying these books and other things for 60 days. And what happened was a light switch kind of flipped on like over the course of two months where I was reading every day. I started nurturing myself and, and just doing the things that I know I should do. But so many people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. And I, um, you know, I, and I remember I just... It felt like it's like I was a new person. I felt like I could start focusing. You know, there's I was changing my beliefs about what was possible, you know, what I was capable of. And maybe just by feeding my mind with positive psychology and and examples, um, believing in myself that I even deserved it. Because that's all part of mindset. It's the assumptions and attitudes about yourself. And um and I remember like not only did my grades improve, but I couldn't help but just want to help other people. Because I don't know if anyone's ever found that. You find your passion and it lights you up. And then your purpose is how to use it for to light other people up. So my passion really became learning, which it never was before. And then I thought like, well, how can I teach other people how to learn? And, um, and one of my very first students, when I started tutoring this, the reason why I'm doing this even to this day talking to you is she read 30 books in 30 days. She was a freshman. And uh, I wanted to find out not how, because I know how she did it, because we taught her, but I want to know why. And I found out her purpose was her mother was dying of terminal cancer, was given two months to live, only two months, 60 days. And the books she was reading were books to save her mom's life. And I find out later that she did. And, uh, 
you know, I get choked up even thinking about it because, you know, I found out that, you know, you know, what I found out is just that if knowledge is power, then learning is our superpower, you know, and creativity is a superpower as you talk about. And these are superpowers we're all born with. It's just, we aren't shown how to be able to really unleash it. And so that's really, um, that really lights me up is to be able to share those strategies. Well, this idea of the meta skill, right? Learning how to learn. And I want to emphasize something that I've learned from you and my own experience, you know, looking back, that's one of the ways we can connect the dots is it's not learning how to learn because there are so many different methods and styles. And it's really about finding out how you learn and you, with the guidance of your strategies, with this meta concept of learning how to learn, you know, to me, that was something that, that I personally experienced. You know, again, I, I feel like I got decent grades in school, but I was always learning the thing because it was what you had to do. And when I started focusing on the things that lit me up, to use your words, like learning, it stopped from being a, a chore and became an unlock for me. And I was like, this this is what learning is. This is my mind actually being hungry for new information. And I think, you know, to underscore the point that you made earlier is I just, when, when I was able to, you know, see a different way and again, flipping my mindset, I started to, you know, find a way to let the supercomputer between my ears do the things that it did. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some really good questions here in 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 the comments from all the different platforms that we're broadcasting to and i'd like to get to one because it has to do directly with how to adopt sort of your technology and your sort of your your, your mindset here and it is uh where is it it's going so fast now um it was about a oh yeah this is from marcia can children as young as seven learn your method? And I asked this question selfishly. Of course, I'm, I'm elevating there Marsha's, Marsha's question, but like, had I known this so much earlier in my life, I can, you know, I, I try not to lament, but I mean, where would my brain be today? And so I'm just curious if, you know, if the techniques that, that you share in your book, Limitless, are available to everyone, or is it really in a different phase of life? Please talk to us about, about that and answer Marsha's question, if you would. Yeah. Thank you, Marsha. I believe that these strategies can be used for anyone, regardless of age or stage of life. Children actually adapt and adopt these strategies even easier almost because it's, it's more organic. It's certainly more natural for children. I mean, who are the fastest learners on the planet? Yeah, how fast can a child? Yeah, how fast can a child learn a musical instrument? How quickly can a child learn another language? It's interesting because you know you you've heard these you know examples where if you go into a room of five year olds and say like, hey, who's who's an artist in the room, right? And they all raise their hand. One hundred percent of us will. Ten years later, they'll follow up and saying, where are the artists in the room? And maybe it'll go down to five percent. But, you know, over time, sometimes we squelch, you know, that, that identity, you know, we, we stop playing, you know, I think playfulness is so important to be able to learn, to be able to grow, to be able to experiment, but somewhere along the lines, we change that languaging from let's go out and play to let's hang out or something else, right? The, the words that we use, but I think when, when we're willing to play and make mistakes and fall down and not have that 
be self-conscious about what other people are going to think or what if I make a mistake or what if I fail? Then, um, and so children pick up these strategies in, in, in some ways even easier because they don't have a lot of the, the, the baggage that we, we pick up over time through our environment, through uh, experience. Uh, just in case, I'm going to flag this one and you can go back to your, I'm not sure if this is on your Facebook page or mine, but uh, Daniela is asking if you have a publisher already in German. If not, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing business here. But uh, to get back to the community, this idea of shifting your mentality of this not being constrained by, you know, again, lots of questions. Carol is like, uh, is there an upper age limit? And, you know, I've already, I've already heard you say that that these techniques work across any, you know, of these, what have historically been seen as boundaries, you know, whether that's geography or race, age, gender. Um, talk to me, you know, the, the concept of motivation is another big um, underpinning or undercurrent to your work because learning for the sake of learning is, um, is one thing, but learning in order to, um, carry your life in a direction that is meaningful to you is, is a big deal. So I'm wondering if you can talk to us about motivation. Yeah. I mean, the essence of the limitless model are three M's, right? The last one being methods on how to read faster or how to give a TED speech, you know, from, from memory or how to focus and concentrate, but you really need two M's before that. We, we discussed briefly one of them, which is mindset. If you believe you can or believe you can, either way, you're right, right? Henry Ford said that because you can learn a method on how to remember names, but if your mindset is, oh, I'm not smart enough or, oh, I'm too old, people come to me and they say these things. And I say, wait, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. If you fight for limitations, you get to keep them, right? And I believe your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program that will run. So if you say, I'm not good at remembering names, you won't remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. So that's why mindset needs to be addressed of what you believe is possible, you're capable of, what you believe you deserve. But you can have this limitless mindset and have the method and still be stuck in a box and not make progress because you lack the motivation. And that's really the third M, mindset, motivation, and methods. And I found that through my research, and this is the, you know, the 29th year of me teaching this and field testing this with students around the world is that limits are, are learned. Limits, our limits are learned in the area of mindset, what we believe is possible. I wasn't born with this thought that I, was, I had a broken brain, right? It was, it was imprinted on me. Or we have to unlimit our, our motivation, or we have to upgrade our, our methods that we're using. Maybe your methods for achieving this is not what the world, what you need right now. Um, and so motivation is key. So if anyone, mindset is if somebody self-sabotages themselves. If they, if they take one step forward and three steps back, maybe they don't believe it's possible or they believe they're capable, they believe they deserve. But if you have a procrastination issue, that's usually a motivation issue. And for me, I would say, Chase, that the three keys for limitless motivation and drive, really simple formula, P times E times S3. And everyone, I want to encourage all the creators who are watching this, all of my entrepreneur friends, is to take some notes while we go through this. I always take notes and I make notes. It's kind of my whole brain way of taking notes. It's uh, put a line right down the page on the left side, take notes, how to remember names, how to be more creative, how to access flow states, what's the morning routine to be creative. Left side, on the right side, make notes. So if your imagination is going to go somewhere, have it go on the right side of the page. How am I going to use this? How does this relate to what I already know? What questions do I have for, for Chase and Jim, right? On the right side. So you capture and create. And so in terms of motivation, it's P 
times E times S3. That's the key to human motivation and drive. So if you're ever lacking motivation, uh, if you want to be able to motivate your kids or motivate your team, think about P times E times S3. So P stands for purpose. And you've had this conversation with other guests on your show. It's just, you need reasons. And, uh, and for me, purpose is a feeling, meaning that you can intellectually know what, why to do something, but if you don't feel it, like for me, it wasn't until my, this first mentor started reading my goals and my dreams about what I want to do for my family, that it touched me in terms of my purpose. Like I knew what to do, but I wasn't doing it. And so I would say first tap into the purpose of doing that thing. So if you're not um, exercising each day, right, so that's, or, or reading each day, something or meditating each day or taking that cold shower each day, you know, tap into some kind of purpose uh, because we are not logical all the time, but we're certainly biological. You think about dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, we are this feeling soup, right? We don't always do things logically, but we do things emotionally. And so find that purpose. And that could come from the rewards you'll get from following through, or it could come from this, you know, what if you don't follow through and who's paying the price for that? It could be maybe something that's uncomfortable also as well. So find some kind of purpose. Um, then somebody could have purpose and that's a great start for motivation, but you also need the E, P times E times S3. E stands for energy. You need some energy, right? Because, you know, the key to long-term learning, information by itself is forgettable, but information when it's combined with some emotion becomes unforgettable. And so I believe the success formula chases three H's, head, heart, hands. You can visualize something in your head, but if you're not acting with your hands, you know, for this goal you see in your head, check in with the second H, which is your heart, you know, right? And so you need some energy. So some people won't follow through with their workout, they'll procrastinate, they won't be motivated, or they're reading each day, or they're writing each day, or their music each day, or they're blogging, social media, whatever, they're filming, their photography, whatever it is because they lack energy. Maybe they haven't slept in three nights because they have a newborn child. Maybe they ate a big processed meal and they're in a food coma. You know, maybe they're, they're stressed out of their mind and chronic stress will, will shrink your, your brain. It'll take away a lot of that energy, it uses up an immense amount of, of energy when you're stressed or fearful. And so in the book, we talk about 10 keys, the best brain diet and the 10 things you need to have more energy to clear mental fog and uh, brain fatigue. But then you could have a uh, purpose and energy but I would say for all my creator friends and all my entrepreneur friends, you got to need, you need S3, small, simple steps, three S's, small, simple steps. A lot of times we have this creative goal, but it's like, it's, it's maybe it's too big and you need to break it down as something that's bite-sized. You know, I believe inch by inch, it's a cinch yard by yard. It's way too hard. <laughs> and uh, sometimes this goal is way too vast and you need to, or maybe even working out an hour a day, you know, working out, it's good for your brain. You create brain derived neurotrophic factors, fertilizer for neuroplasticity and, and creativity. But maybe if you're not doing it, it's too big. So a small, simple step is putting on your running shoes, you know, maybe reading 30 minutes a day is too much. Maybe opening up the book is a small, simple step, maybe flossing one tooth with your kids, you know, and then they're not going to stop at one tooth. Right, they'll keep on going. So P times E times S3, purpose, energy, and small, simple steps. Because if it's too big, a confused mind doesn't do anything. And so where can you break it down? Little by little, a little becomes a lot. Well, that directly answers Liliana's question about um, how to motivate 14-year-olds mm -hmm. that have passion but don't no obligations and, and the relationship that, that kids have with school. And 
think, you know, you talked about uncovering things that are inspiring and important and engaging. And, uh, and then obviously that your formula there, which is genius. And I can hear all, all your work in your words, your mnemonic devices. Uh, this is like real time here. Um, again, all kinds of blessings and shout out people said, you know, I had the audio book, just bought the physical book. Um, some really interesting questions as well around, uh, let's talk about sort of the dysfunction or when your brain is not working for you, which is, uh, where there's a lot of questions coming in right now. Um, Pratik asks, what exactly is going wrong when we are forgetting? Yeah. So I think a lot of people who are here just listening, you know, live or happen to be the recordings is that, you know, we all, everyone has experienced absent-mindedness, like senior moments are coming too early. Like, I don't know, Jason, have you ever walked into a room of your own home and just forgot why you're there? Or <laughs> Sadly, too often. Or you when I'm not sleeping store. enough and not taking care yeah. of myself. <laughs> or you go to the store to buy one thing and you come back with like two bags full of things, except for that one thing that you went to the store for, or you misplace things. You know, somebody misplaces things all the time. You're like your wallet or your purse, your cell phone. Have you ever lost your cell phone? <laughs> how many, you mean how many times today have I already yeah, lost my cell phone? <laughs> your car keys, or if not your car keys, something much larger, like your car. <laughs> they forget they have to take a picture that's the only time they, they, they use their phone they take a picture where they park their car or, or maybe they they remember they put it they use their Jim, are you spying on me man because yeah. you're, you're describing like somebody car alarm like you know gps <laughs> yeah. you, know, like and you, you realize you took a lyft or an uber that day um or you meet somebody you get their name and then seconds later name just disappears out of your mind you know i believe two of the most costly words sometimes you know in in our in our life are i forgot you know, I forgot to do it. I forgot to bring it. Forgot what I just read. Forgot what I was going to say. Forgot that conversation. Forgot that meeting. Forgot that person's name. So, um, I mean, here, here are three things that need to be there in order for us to remember something. And I do use, you're right, a lot of acronyms because I want it to be memorable and for it to stand out. Three keys to better memory. M-O-M. Just remember mom. All right. So let's say people come to me all the time. They say, Jim, I want, you know, I, I want to be, I want to have better memory. And I was like, well, wait a second. What, what area of memory do you want better? It's like going to somebody and say, I want to be better at sports. Well, what sports specifically? And they'll say like, oh, well, I'm just horrible at names. And then, you know, I heard that's very important. You know, I've lost deals or credibility or just calling someone the wrong name or people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, and I'm like, yeah, so uh, let, let's, let's, let's deconstruct this a little bit. Um, I believe everyone who's listening to this is a memory expert. Let, let's take remembering names. Most people here, let's put in the chat, you'd have trouble remembering names. People would just put me, right? <laughs> and it's, this is like, you know, memory anonymous. It's like <laughs> everyone can relate to it. But, um, but imagine this, that there was a suitcase of $1 million cash for you or your favorite charity, tax-free. If you just remember the name of the next stranger you meet, I show yeses. Who's going to remember that person's name? Who's going to remember that person's name? If you could just you get a million dollars cash, if you just remember the stranger's name. And of course, everyone says yes. And then that's proof that you, you do have a great memory. It's not that you're bad at remembering names. You know, you didn't even use any technique, but the M stands for motivation. So I want to remind everybody that we can remember someone's name, but often we're not motivated to. And so a simple brain hack, if you will, to remember something better is just 
ask yourself why. Why do you want to remember this person's name? Maybe it's to show this person some respect. Maybe it's to make a new friend. Maybe it's to be kind today. Maybe it's to make a sale. Maybe it's to get a referral. Maybe it's to practice these things I, I, lear I learned on Chase's show, right? Um, I would always remind everybody that reasons reap results. Reasons reap results. If you don't have a reason to do something, you won't get the results because you won't follow through consistently. So ask yourself why. You know, I talked about how questions are the answer, how the questions really are one of the keys to, to massive creativity. You know, and so ask yourself the question, direct your focus. Why do I want to remember this? And then you'll start getting results. The O in mom is observation, observation. And this is such a huge one, Chase. So many people, they, they blame their retention when it's not your retention, it's your attention. It's not our retention, it's often our attention that we're not forgetting the name. We're just not hearing the name if we're honest. Right? A lot of people aren't really listening. What are they doing? They're thinking about, how am I going to respond? They're thinking about, you know, they're waiting for their turn to speak, right? They're not really listening. They're, they're, they're thinking about, they're in their own mind. And so I would remind people that people who have a powerful presence often have an incredible memory. And I think their incredible memory and their powerful presence with people comes from being powerfully present with people. You know, and I, that's a skill we all have. We all have the ability to just be here and we all want that, right? We don't want people's gifts as, as people think they do. They want the gift of their presence. And that happens to be another word for the word gift, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and they want to be seen, they want to be heard. And, um, and, but often we distract ourselves You know, we think about other things. We're not really there. And so I'd say, if you want a better memory, you want to remember something simple like names, just listen. And here's a little brain teaser for everyone. Write the word listen on your notes and then scramble the letters. And what, what word does it spell perfectly? If you're at a, and you could type it in the chat, what word does the word listen if you scramble the letters spell, spell perfectly? The word silent. <laughs> silent. silent. And I would say that just be silent inside and just listen. We can remember a name or anything else. It's just, it's one or two words. But uh, we need to be we need to be present with people. And then the last M to answer your question. Sometimes we forget because we're not motivated. Sometimes we forget because we're not observing. And then the last M are the methods. And those are the kind of things we could talk about on the strategies that are in the book. Half the book, the largest book chapter in the book is on methodology and memory. And so um, those are the strategies because a lot of people they don't have a good memory because they were never taught. School taught them like the three R's: reading, writing. Arithmetic, obviously remembering wasn't, spelling wasn't one of them. Remembering, what about retention? What about some recall, right? Socrates said, learning is remembering. And so maybe they don't remember, even if they have motivation or observation because they don't have a method. Um, in school, they teach you like this rote repetition, repeat it over, repeat the periodic table over and over again, or the books of the Bible or whatever they happen to be, you know, repeating over and over again. But there's a, there's a better way. There's a better way. Well, just as a tally, we got, uh, um, let's see here, Jacques and Teresa and Irene and uh, Shweshni all are typing in and, and, and many others also got the what is listen, listen <laughs> rearranged. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the folks out there participating. Um, 
it's really like I, before we shift, because I do want to get to some of the techniques and, you know, there, this idea of limitless is so captivating. And, you know, you said very, very early on is these, these limits are learned. Um, I think I, you used a slightly different word, but we talked about motivation. We talked about shifting the mindset. I like to think that there's a world where you you don't like it, it's sort of like um, the concept of if I'm happy, I will smile. But the reality is smiling can actually make you happy. And so by extension, if you know, you, you might still feel stuck as you're listening here to Jim share his wisdom and in so many people. Flix and Brian and uh, Juan all saying that this is this broadcast that is blowing your mind. But if you're still stuck in that state and you just start doing some of the exercises that are that, that you prescribe, I feel like, you know, there's a there's a great word for this or a great um, um, concept. It's sort of like you reverse you're you're, you're 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 in a sense tricking your neurology. So. If let's just assume that that's true for a second and for the people out there that are lacking sort of motivation or stuck in that mindset, let's get to methods for a moment here as uh, uh, perhaps if you're not blocked by the first two, then this is just going to be, you know, the flow state. You're going to be head into the into the into Jim's world, Jim's program. But if you are stuck in one and two, try this because it might help you in turn unlock the two formal ones. And so dive into some techniques. Um, people are here saying like, I want to remember the last 10 strangers that I met. Pollyanna says I was just at a training of 30 people. She was the last to introduce herself and was able to remember everyone's name using your techniques. So this is some of the zhuzh that yeah. why, why people tuned in today. So go ahead and, and tease us yeah. so that uh, we pick up a copy of your book, Limitless. Yeah, no, let, let, let's, let's do this. I, I, I agree with you 100% that taking a one small, simple step is the best way to, to change these mindsets and, and lack of motivation. And so let, let's, let's dive into it. Um, and by the way, you know, all we're doing is we're taking nouns and we're turning them into verbs, right? We're taking something that's static and we tend to the nature, you know what this nature of the conversation is? I feel like it's about transcending, transcend. We're about ending the trance, ending this mass hypnosis that, whether it's through marketing or media or just our self-talk or environment that somehow we're limited. And we say things all the time, like I don't have a good memory or I don't have creativity today, or I don't have focus. I don't have energy. I don't have motivation. Patrick on YouTube just said my short-term memory is really bad. Yeah. And here's the thing. You do not have these things. You do these things. There is no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's a trained memory and an untrained memory. You don't have focus. You do focus. You don't have creativity. There's a creative process, as you well know. And what it does is by saying these differently, instead of things you have and things you do, you you get your agency back, right? You have responsibility. So let's let's go through some of the things that affect this. Um, one of the questions about age and stage, right? We said it works for children, but it also works for for seniors. And I get to work with a lot of seniors because I'm, I'm very passionate about it because I. I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's when I was growing up with my learning challenges. So when I had my head injury when I was five and six, she um, was showing early stages of dementia where she was taking care of me 
And then when I was six or seven, I was taking care of her, you know, nothing, when somebody loses their memory, you know, God forbid, if anyone who's listening to this knows somebody, it feels like they're losing their, their humanness, right? Because your memories are what bind your life together. It's like losing who you are. And so we donated all the proceeds to the book, to Alzheimer's research um, in, in memory of my grandmother and also building schools around the world for children who have no access to it. You know, we built schools there from Ghana to Guatemala to Kenya. And, um, and the reason why I bring this up is the book is heavily endorsed by like the Cleveland Clinic Center for Brain Health, the founding director there, the um, top Alzheimer's researcher at Harvard. And so I get to work with people there. And here's the kind of what we know. One third of your memory is predetermined by genetics and biology. Two thirds is in your control. All right. So what's the two thirds that are going to move the needle? I'm going to give everybody these 10 things and I'm going to show you a simple thing you could do to memorize all 10. And so you're looking for a small, simple step. How would you memorize a TED talk? So we're going to do this and I'm encouraging everybody. You could write down it the first time. And that's I, I confess. I just like ran to my cursor. <laughs> these are the 10 keys for a limitless brain. And these are the things that you could control. I always say control the controllables right? What are the things you have influence over? And none of these, I don't think anyone's going to debate them, but common sense is not common practice. So I'm going to say, when I give you these 10 things and I reveal them, rate yourself on a scale of zero to 10, uh, how much energy and effort are you putting into these things? All right. Because you could do all of them and miss one of them because everyone wants to like, what's the magic pill, right? What's the, what's, what's the silver bullet? And it's these 10 things. And then I'm going to show you a trick on how to memorize these 10s forward and backwards as if you're going to give a TED talk to somebody else about it. Now, by the way, to learn this better, I would encourage everyone to share, you know, with this conversation with somebody, because it's called the explanation effect, that if you took a screenshot of this, tag Chase, tag myself, and put like one or two things you learned from it, and maybe a link to it or whatever, then you're going to learn it twice as well. Because when you learn, again, explanation effect. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. So think about somebody you wish you could was listening to this and um, have them in mind. All right. So I want to give you the 10 things. Now, I'm going to show you how to memorize it so you'll be able to do it without notes. The notes will be in your head. All right. So one to 10. Number one is a good brain diet. Simple. You are what you eat. What you eat matters, especially for your gray matter. And uh, this whole area of science called neuronutrition uh, where your brain is only 2% of your body mass, but it requires 20% of the nutrients. So certain foods are good for your brain. Avocados, blueberries, I like to call them brain berries. Uh, broccoli is good for your brain. Olive oil is good for your brain. If your diet allows eggs, the choline in eggs is good for your brain. Uh, green leafy vegetables like kale and spinach. Sardines or wild salmon is good for your brain. Your brain is mostly fat, so um, those, those fish oils. Um, here's a fun one. Turmeric uh, has lowers inflammation. Um, we talk about cold therapy and everything that's lowers inflammation also, but there's certain foods that will do that also as well. Walnuts, good for the brain, actually look like the human brain. Dark chocolate. Here's a, that's a fun one. Dark, not milk chocolate, but it, what's good for your mood is going to be generally good for your mind. So those are, that's the, the, your brain foods. What's not good for your brain? The foods, processed foods, high sugar foods. Um, could have a, a very negative effect on your brain. So that, that's number one, good brain diet. So rate yourself zero to 10. All right, next thing, killing ants. Did you know killing ants is actually clinically proven to be good for your brain? And I get this term, it's an, actually an acronym. <laughs> I can't take credit from it. It's from Dr. Daniel Amen, who's a famous brain doctor. ANT stands for automatic negative thoughts. And we talked about this already. 
right? Um, that your brain is a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself, I'm not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. So I always tell people your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. And so you want to keep it positive, right? So on a scale of zero to 10, you know, how, how encouraging is it? How, how, how positive is it as opposed to negative? Number three, exercise. Remember this, what's good for your heart is good for your head. When you move, um, as your body moves, your brain grooves. Right? I mentioned you create brain-derived neurotropic factors, which is like fertilizer for the human brain. We know that creatives, you know, like whether it was Steve Jobs, they, they didn't do these sit-down meetings, they would walk, right? And they would, they would get fresh air and sunlight and they would come up with these amazing ideas. So, um, you know, whether you're on an elliptical or a treadmill, when you're listening to this podcast or an audiobook, you're going to learn it and retain it better. So on a scale of zero to 10, how much are you moving? I'm not just talking about your Pilates or your CrossFit three times a week. I'm saying we live in a very screen culture and how much are you getting up to move? The primary reason you have a brain is to control your movement. All right. So that's number three, zero to 10 movement. Number four, brain nutrients that, um, your brain is, uh, has different nutritional requirements than the rest of your body. And, you know, we, so the number one brain nutrient, I would say that's the doctor's site is, um, omega threes, DHAs, as we talked about, your brain is mostly fat. So omega three, zero to 10, how well are you, are you providing nutrition outside of food for your brain? I always recommend talk to your health practitioner, talk to your nutritionist, get a, you know, nutrient profile done, see what you're lacking. And then number five, positive peer group, positive peer group is good for your brain. And uh, we know who you spend time with is who you become, right? They say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. The reason why they say, you know, oh my goodness, if you're spending time with nine broke people, be careful because you're going to be number 10 is because you have something called mirror neurons. And that's what allows you to create empathy. And you feel with, if somebody's watching sports and you could, and you feel what they're, you know, you feel what the, what the athletes are feeling, or you're watching a movie, you can feel what they're feeling. That's your mirror neurons lighting up and, and what happens is we start imitating the people around us. You know, I always tell people to watch W-A-T-C-H. What are you watching? W, words. Watch your words. A, watch your actions. T, watch your thoughts. C, watch your character. And H, watch your habits. First you create your habits, then your habits create you. You're like, this guy loves his acronyms. But um, <laughs> we start, right, we start, you have to watch those things because that's what, we start adopting the words, actions, thoughts, the character, the habits of the people around us. And so, um, you know, check because sometimes we could be around people. We need people to encourage us, to challenge us. And sometimes the people we love the most are the ones that we give them the power to, to pull us down. Like we give up our sovereignty to them because we care what they think. Right. Uh, you know, and family and friends, they could have be sincere, you know, but they could be sincerely wrong also. And so you need a positive peer group, zero to 10. How does that look? And then the rest really quickly. Number six, what's good for your brain? Clean environment. The brain thrives on a clean environment. And so one of our popular videos, we have millions and millions of views, you know, just Jim Quick's morning routine, you know, and everybody has theirs. Tim has his and Oprah has hers. Mine is about getting your brain right. You know, up, you know, people, I feel like upgrade their phones and their apps more than they upgrade the most important technology, which is between your ears. But um, part of what your brain loves is a clean environment. Your external world is a reflection of your internal world. You know, when you make your bed 
or uh, you clean your screen, like everything is in the right, like where it's supposed to be on your computer, you have clarity of thought. And so on a scale of zero to 10, how good is your environment? Number seven, this is a big one. I'm going to call you creators and entrepreneurs that are pulling out like all nighters and everything. Sleep. Like if you don't sleep on a scale of zero to 10, how good is your memory the next day? How's your ability to solve problems? How's your ability to innovate, to create, to focus, right? And sleep is so important. And I would just remind you from a brain perspective, it's good because it's, if you have long-term memory issues, that's where you consolidate short to long-term memory. So check your sleep. Uh, number two, it's where you clean out plaque that could lead to brain aging challenges. Um, it's where your sewage system kicks in, if you will, that cleans, cleans out the beta amyloid plaque that could lead to like dementia. And the third reason is where you dream. And dream is a one, talk about creators and, and creativity. A lot of amazing things come in dream states. Did you know Mary Shelley created Frankenstein in her dream? Do you know, like Paul McCartney created yesterday in his dream. Elias Howe created the sewing machine in his dream. A chemist created the periodic table in his dream, right? Sports figures like Jack Nicholas was in a slump. He was shooting like mid seventies and he dreamt of, of switching his grip. And all of a sudden the next day he shot like mid sixties, right? It's amazing. Your mind, your brain doesn't shut off at night. And what is it doing? It's doing good things for your memory, cleaning up plaque, but also it's, it's being extremely creative. That's why we teach people how to remember their dreams because a lot of people create, but they forget their dreams. But on a scale of zero to 10, how good is your sleep? And then number eight, brain protection. Protect your brain. You know, I'm a big fan of sports. Um, I love people watching people compete and watching excellence and wear a helmet because your brain is very, it's very resilient, but it's very fragile. And I had three traumatic brain injuries before the age of 12. So make sure you protect your brain. Zero to 10, how well are you doing? And then finally, nine and 10, nine is new learnings. New learnings. Your brain thrives on novelty, right? It, it wants to protect itself. It really does. It wants to preserve itself. It wants to be heal safe. Growth is not comfortable for the brain, but it grows just like your muscles do through novelty and nutrition. Novelty, nutrition, and sleep. Right. Just like if you want to grow your physical muscles, you give it novelty, you work it out, you give it nutrition, you feed it and you give it rest so it could build. Same thing with your mental muscles. And we know your memory is like a muscle. Your brain is, is an organ, but it acts like a muscle. Your creativity certainly is a muscle as you've proven time and time again. Right. It's use it or lose it. And most people, they just don't use it. So they're not flexing it. And uh, they wonder, you know, that why it's not available when they need it. And so new learnings, also new learnings will help you live longer. There's a study done on longevity um, with these nuns. They call it aging with grace. Beautiful. On the cover of Time magazine, these women were living 80, 90 and above. And they were like, what's the secret? They said half of it with their emotional faith and gratitude. The other half, they were lifelong learners. And because of it, it added years to their life and life to their years. It was amazing. Um, so zero to 10, how much are you learning? And I assume it's a 10 for everybody who's watching this because I'm preaching that. <laughs> and then finally, number 10, this is a big one for not only your brain health, but for your creativity, stress management, stress management, because chronic stress will shrink your brain. Chronic stress will shut down your creativity. And we know this because when you're in just creating, you're in fight or flight, you're not going to be your most creative. Right. When you're under stress, you're not going to be able to, to memorize or study and, and, and retain information. You're in fight or flight. You just you want to be able to run or you're free or you're freezing, but you're not going to be your most creative. You're not going to innovate. You're not going to solve problems. So, so it, 
scale is zero to 10. How well are you mitigating stress? How are you coping? You know, my favorite is I meditate twice a day. You know, that that's my go-to. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage if I don't do that, you know, from my personal experience. But how are you dealing with stress on a scale of zero to 10? So those are 10 keys for unlocking, you know, or upgrading your limitless brain. And my quick trick for everybody, if, if permitted, Chase. Please, this is everybody like, uh, like, everyone's on the edge of their, street, their chairs here. I'm just watching the comments <laughs> just pour in. Thank so, you for this. This live is incredible. Pakistan stress man. I mean, people are yeah. taking notes in the in the uh, comments. Good, good. Keep going. Keep going. Good. So to put a, a bow on this, I want to show everybody how to remember these ten tips. So if you want to be able to give a TED talk, and I've had the opportunity to train a lot of uh, TED speakers how to memorize them and have confidence on camera, whether you're an actor or a poet or Broadway performer, um, you want that information at your at your mental fingertips. And um, so the strategy I'm going to teach everybody is called PIE, P-I-E. And what we know, there's always, a, there's always a promise behind every principle. There's always a promise, right? And so these are the three principles to better memory. P stands for place. We remember things better when we store it in a specific place, right? When you forget where you put your keys, if you put it in the same place every single time, you wouldn't have to use mental energy to find it, right? If you forget somebody's name, you ask yourself, where do I know the person from, right? Because the context gives you the content, right? So when you file something away, you're more likely to find it because it's organized. So we remember things based on place. The, um, and by the way, as a hunter and gatherer, that was your survival. You didn't need to remember numbers and lots of words. You need to remember where, where's, where's the fertile soil? Where's the clean water? Where's the, where's where's the raspberries? <laughs> exactly. Where's raspberries? Where, where's the enemy tribe, right? That was your survival. So we, we remember things based on place. So that's the P. The I in pi means we remember things that we imagine. We remember things that we imagine. Chase, I, I bet a lot of people listening, you can do a poll here, is just how many people here, and even if you're listening to a recording, put your hands way up, be active about it. How many people here are much better with faces than you are with names? Just say me or yes, right? Much better with faces than you are with names. You go to somebody and say, I remember your face, but I forgot your name. You never go to somebody and say, hey, I remember your name, but I forgot your face. That, that wouldn't make any sense, right? Because we tend to remember what we see. There's a proverb that says, what I hear, I forget. I heard the name, I forgot the name. What I see, I remember. I saw the face, I remember the face. And what I do, going back to the power of practice, I understand. What I see, hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. What I do, I understand. So the I stands for imagine. If you tend to remember what you see, try seeing what you want to remember as an image, all right? Because images are the universal language. Right, everybody here. You don't dream and have closed caption text on the bottom, right? You stream in, in images when you're when you fly or you travel. It doesn't say fasten your seatbelt. It's just a seatbelt fastened, an image, right? It doesn't say no smoking. There's just an image of a cigarette with a line through it. So it's a universal language. It's an image is worth a thousand words, right? Picture. So we remember things we see. So P is place. I is imagine. E, the third principle to better memory, entwine. Entwine. We remember things when we put two things together. And there's always two things to put together, a name and a face, a foreign language and its translation, right? A capital and its country and so on. And that's all of learning is taking two things and connecting them. So here we go. P-I-E. All right. I'm going to take a place, an image, and I'm going to entwine them together for these 10 keys. And I want everybody to take a deep breath. 
This is like a master class we're doing here, right? It is. This is amazing, Jim. People are freaking out. Everyone's so, saying yes, yes, yes. Like they can't keep up with the people who, who take, are putting their uh, hands up. Take, let's take a break from chatting on, on the chat. Let's take a deep breath. Exhale. And if it's if it's safe for you to do, close your eyes. And we'll do some uh, creative visualization. And I do a lot of thought experiments with clients. And I think creativity is, is one of the ways of building your creativity is through these thought experiments. And just breathe normally. And I'm going to take a place that you are not familiar with. It's, uh, it's actually in my office. And uh, because everybody here is listening as lives in a different place, so I'll use my office so we all have the same place. And it's in uh, Westchester, New York, a suburb of New York City, just north of the city. And I want you to imagine you're, you're coming to my office to maybe do some uh, speed reading training or whatever. And uh, you arrive, and I'm going to name 10 places in my office. And the key is I'm going to take... Every, every one of those 10 points we just went through, good brain diet, killing ants and everything, and put each one in the 10 places. All right. So let's do it together. With your eyes closed, breathe normally. And I want you to imagine car picks you up. You're in the back seat. You're heading to my office. We're in suburbia. And we get to my office. And uh, it's a big glass building, trees everywhere. And I'm going to name 10 places. And I'm going to ask you to repeat the place as I say it out loud, because that's your verbal memory. So the first place is the parking lot, all right? The parking lot. So what's number one, the first place? Say it out loud. Parking lot. Perfect. You get out of the parking lot and there's the first brain tip, good brain diet. I want you to imagine when you get out of the parking lot that there's a good brain diet waiting for you. So imagine the avocados, the blueberries, the kale and the spinach, the, uh, the dark chocolate, <laughs> the walnuts, and that's it's everywhere. Even if you can't imagine it, imagine you can imagine it imagine you can imagine it all right and just imagine we're having a big uh limitless brain party right and all the great foods taste it smell it use more of your senses that helps your creativity also make it very sensual and then we're maybe having a like a, a, a food fight with them <laughs> and so you see the turmeric everywhere and, and, you, and you see the eggs and the, the salmon all right from there there's a waterfall and it creates a moat around the building. So you have to cross the bridge. The bridge is the second place. Say it out loud. What's the second place? Bridge. Great. And as you're crossing the bridge, I want you to see and feel yourself killing ants. You would never do this, but you're stepping on all the ants on the bridge. But that's why you're going to remember it. We're adding emotion here and some exaggeration. You're killing ants to remind you of automatic negative thoughts. All right, you get into the building, you open a door and get into the building. You step into the third place, which is the elevator. What's the third place? Say it out loud, everybody. Elevator. Great. And I have everyone say it out loud, you know, wherever you are listening to this around the world, because that's your verbal memory. And when you step into the elevator, third brain tip, exercise. So I want you to imagine you're doing your favorite exercise in the elevator. Maybe you're doing some push-ups, some pull-ups, some burpees yoga, Pilates, your trainer is there. As your body moves, your brain grooves. Great. You're getting a good sweat. See and feel yourself exercising. From there, you step out of the elevator into the fourth place, which is the hallway. What's the fourth place? Say it out loud. Hallway. Great. And the carpet of the hallway is covered in brain nutrients. Brain nutrients. There are bottles of brain vitamins everywhere. So you see your omega-3s, right? The DHAs. You're tripping on ginkgo biloba, <laughs> you know, all these nootropics, you're jump, maybe you're Donkey Kong or Lara Croft, you're jumping over all these bottles of big brain vitamins. 
Good. From there, you open a door to the office. Immediately to the left is the fifth place, and that's the closet. Say out loud, the fifth place is the what? Closet. And you open up the closet, and the fifth brain tip is there. That is your positive peer group. All your happy friends are all celebrating in the closet. They're cheering you on. They're encouraging you. All your happy friends, your positive peer group, are in the closet. So I want you to see and feel that. See specifically who's in the closet. Good. We're halfway there. You get out of the closet. You go to the sixth place. The sixth place is the receptionist. What's the sixth place? Say it out loud. Receptionist. And the receptionist, the sixth brain tip, clean environment. So I want you to imagine the receptionist cleaning the environment, vacuuming, mopping, sweeping, everything has a place, organizing the front desk. And clean environment's good for your brain. So the receptionist is Marie Kondoing your mind, right? And the whole home edit right there, office edit right there, clean environment. Behind the receptionist is the seventh place. The seventh place is a fish tank. There's a tropical fish tank. So what's the seventh place? Say it out loud. Fish tank. Fish tank. And the seventh brain tip, sleep. So entwine that together. So you're going to put them two together. You're going to see the fish are sleeping. And just use your imagination. Maybe they're wearing their pajamas. They're in their bunk beds. They uh, they are snoring. They're sleeping. You're sleeping with the fishes, right? <laughs> Fish are sleeping. That's number seven. So just imagine. Don't hear me say it. Hear it, but also see it and feel it. From there, you go over to the eighth place, which is the door to the classroom, the door. What's the eighth place? The door. The door. And it's locked, but there's a helmet waiting for you right there. It's on a hook there. You put on the helmet and the helmet reminds you of brain protection. So that's why we're entwining the two. The place is the door. The helmet is the image. We're entwining the two. So how do we see it? Put on the helmet and you headbutt the door open. So imagine you're, you're, you're headbutting the door open, splintering the wood everywhere. You get in the classroom. You would never do that, but brain protection. And in front is the ninth place. The ninth place is the whiteboard. In front of the room there is a whiteboard. What's the ninth place? Whiteboard. Great. And I'm up there, and I am writing the two words that you, and you need to remember in your favorite marker. It is, it is actually new learnings, new learnings. So what's everyone's favorite colors, whatever it is, imagine that. And I'm writing new learnings right on the whiteboard, new learnings. And then finally, on the side of the classroom are all these bonsai trees. We have like all these Japanese plants. So what's the 10th place? Japanese plants. Yeah. And then with these bonsai trees, you need to remember stress management. So imagine stress management. Maybe you're actually, you're actually shaping the bonsai trees. Maybe that's stress management. Maybe you're getting a massage on the bonsai trees. Maybe you're meditating on the bonsai trees. Maybe you're having a glass of red wine, you know, on the bonsai trees. Whatever helps you to manage stress, you're doing that on the bonsai trees. All right, here we go. Now, you are the memory expert, everyone. You can open your eyes. And now you are on stage. You're doing your creative live, and you don't need the tel teleprompter. You don't need PowerPoint because all you have to do is walk through in your mind. And as you walk through using the pie method, you're like, what's my place and what image is entwined there? All right. So now you're on, you're giving your, your talk on stage or you're having a conversation because you're being interviewed for the great creative or entrepreneurial work that you're doing. You need the 10 talking points. Here we go. The first one is you get to the parking lot and it reminds you of what? And you could just, everyone could just say this out loud. You could type it if you want in the, in the chat. You go to the parking lot and then the first thing that you see there is what? 
I saw blueberries and chocolate yes. and, and it reminded me of the word diet. Yes. You need that good brain diet. And then from there you cross over, you walk on the, the bridge and you're, what are you doing? What are you stepping on, on the bridge? I'm killing ants. Here you are. You're stepping automatic on automatic negative ants. thoughts. Automatic negative thoughts. And then from there, and everyone to type this out. Number three, you get into the elevator and then what are, what's everyone doing in the elevator? Oh, I was doing push-ups. I don't know what everyone else is doing. And I, I certainly don't want to be doing burpees, but uh, I, I was doing push-ups in the elevator. Good, which is in the elevator. Yeah. And that says exercise. Good. As your body moves, your brain grooves. From there, you have the hallway and all over the carpet there, you have all of these uh, brain vitamins. And so that's your, your brain nutrients and all those omega-3s and DHAs, your vitamin E, your vitamin B all your nootropics, ginkgo, everything. Great. Lion's mane, all the ones that your favorites. From there, you open a door to the uh, the office. Immediately to your left is the closet. And who do you have in the closet? I have a positive peer group in there. There's a Dude. lot of people in that closet. You have a lot of, it's a big closet. And so they're all cheering you on. And we all need people to encourage us and cheerlead for us. And if you haven't found those people, be that person for someone else, especially be that person for you, all our creators out there. And then from there, you go to the, the desk, right? And then you're at the, the receptionist. And that's to remind you of clean environment, right? You're cleaning the environment. Everything has its place. Behind the receptionist, you have fish tank. And what are all the fish doing? They're sleeping, which is They're a strange visual. <laughs> Prioritize your sleep. You go to the door for the speed reading class, but the door is locked. You put on helmet. your helmet. And that's to remind you of brain protection. Protect your brain. You get inside. Immediately up front on the whiteboard, I'm writing two words. Two words. Two words in blue marker, and it's new learnings. New learnings. Always be learning. And then finally, you see all the bonsai trees on the side there, and you're doing your favorite stress management activity. Manage your stress. And that's it. Remember, there's no such thing as a good or bad brain. There's a trained brain and an untrained brain. I'm, I'm willing to bet that if people took a screenshot of like this conversation, Chase, tagged us both, and then see if you remember the 10. Say like, and tell us what the 10 is. And if you want bonus points, see if you can remember it backwards. Can you remember the 10 backwards also as well and go from stress management to new learnings to brain protection all the way back to a good brain diet? But when you understand how your memory works, you could work your memory. Absolutely extraordinary. <laughs> extraordinary i mean the, the learning it backwards like uh, you know i i feel like i could do it backwards mm -hmm. immediately right now and that's always been a, a pickle for me you know people can spell things forward and backwards at what is it uh, uh cranium that game or you know they spell yeah. a crazy word backwards um that is truly uh truly incredible jim i want to shift so again thank you for that that's not just a demonstration because that's something people can put, you know, that's a tool. You now have a tool as you leave our conversation today, but don't leave yet because I'm curious about, I want to, I want to put this in perspective of <clears throat> the people listening and watching are creators and entrepreneurs. And what role do you feel like the, the brain and neurology play in our ability to create? You know, I, I love this because I believe the future belongs to the creators for sure, where a lot of uh, careers, a lot of jobs, they're being outsourced they are being automated they're going to uh, artificial intelligence 
And what's not going to be as easily outsourced are the things that make us human, the things that are truly limitless, right? Because limitless is not about being perfect. Limitless is about advancing and progressing beyond what you believe is possible, right? And what are the truly limitless resources? The, lim the resources of our mind. There is no limit to your creativity, right? There's no limit to human imagination. There's no limit to human determination. There's no a limit to our ability to solve problems. There's no limit to our ability to come together. And that's truly what's limitless. I do not believe the sky is a limit. I believe our minds are the limit. Everybody who's watching this, all our, our fellow creators and entrepreneurs, the modern day superheroes, these are superpowers, right? It's not about leaping tall buildings and shooting lasers out of your eyes. You know, modern day superpowers of focus and concentration and flow of problem solving, our ability to take the invisible and make it visible, right? These are, we live in the millennium of the mind. Nobody who's watching this is paid for their brute strength like it was hundred years ago, right? It's your brain strength. It's not your muscle power as it was in the agricultural industrial age, right? It's not your muscle power. It's your mind power today. And the faster you could learn, the faster you could earn and the more you could return, right? And your creativity is there. So your mind is really the master control switch. And so that's why I talk about the 10 keys for, for creating a limitless brain because that's the hardware, right? And then the software are, are the actual processes for being creative, like they're more, they're routines to be creative. They're a habit, you know, creativity is a habit. It certainly is a muscle. And there's certain things that you could do to be able to spark your creativity. But it begins with your brain because I believe that, you know, think about it. Every, I'm getting extremely excited about this conversation because it's, it's one of these things where it's like every animal has their superpower, right? They, they could fly, they could breathe underwater, they're bulletproof, they could climb, right? They could do all these amazing things. They're super strong. And we can't do any of those things, but we can with, with the power of our mind. We created technology that allows us to fly, that allows us to climb, that allows us to breathe underwater, that makes us you know super strong or super fast. And that all came from the, the power of, of, of what's inside. And so I would say the challenges our brain doesn't come with an owner's manual, and it's certainly not user-friendly. And we, and it's not a slight against teachers. My mother became a school teacher because of my learning challenges. You know, like she was devoted, you know, she started with special education because it, with me, it was a label, you know, they, in elementary school, we had something called MASP and I would, I would always hang out, chase with like the geeks and then the nerds. And the only thing is I didn't have the grades, <laughs> but I loved what they loved, comic books and video games and, and uh, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. And I remember one day, a teacher comes into the class and said, look, good news, everybody here. We have a, a group for you. You know, we're going to put you in this group called MASP, MASP. And everyone's like, what's MASP? Stands for More Able Student Program. I'm like, well, and then I was the only one not chosen, right, in that group. And because uh, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't more able, right? And me and another friend, I, we created a group called LASP. LASP was Less Able Student Program. It was like just the two of us in that, in that club. But it's interesting how those labels can become limits, you know, and, and how we adapt those and it puts us in that box, but it all begins with the power of our mind, you know, and so that's why we talk about it so much. Well, not only talk about it, but you teach about it. You've written at length again, for anyone out there, I've seen so many people uh, in the comments buying the book. Again, the book is limitless, upgrade your brain, learn anything faster and unlock your exceptional life. Uh, just as a, um, data point there's nearly eight thousand reviews 
of your book on Amazon alone. And so again, I, I have to personally recommend that you pick up this book. Also, just as a side note, your podcast is awesome. Quick brain. Thank you. And uh, it, little 20 minute hits for anybody who's a podcast junkie. Yeah. Presumably people who are watching or listening to the show right now. You like podcasts. Uh, this show is 11 years old. Uh, but Jim, your, your podcast is cool. Um, and it's just, again, 20 minutes. I love the little, it's like a, a power, it's like a power shake or something. Yeah. It's kind of like these brain bites, right? And on Spotify, they, it was just like one of the most binge listened to because even once in something, maybe if they don't want to, um, they could get it in like small little bite-sized digestible pieces on how to remember names or how to read faster or how to change your habits or how to memorize the brain foods or those kind of things. Amazing. Well, you know, I think we've pointed to the book and your podcast, a few things in, that where people can learn and get more. Um, I'm wondering if you can steer us, are there any other coordinates on the internet that you would like uh, this audience to uh, be directed to or where we can reach out and support your work, honor your work, uh, learn more about your work? Where else would you steer us? Um, Chase, first of all, thank you. Then this is just, I love connecting with you and I honestly, creators, entrepreneurs, they, they light me up and um, those are my people because that's that's what I'm about. I think that the future belongs to those and they're the ones that are leading. Um, everyone can go to quickbrain, kwikbrain.com and that, that's really the center point for everything. People can get some free videos there. I where I put people on stage and I show you how to remember their names and you know how to teach them how to speed read. All the links are in my Instagram profile, so they could just go there if we're connected there. But really, my message for everybody here is that I believe we all have this creative power inside of us. That life is kind of like an egg. That if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if an egg is broken by an inside force, life begins. Great things begin on the inside. And I believe if you're still listening to this, that you for sure have greatness inside of you. You know, you sure have genius inside of you. And, uh, you know, I love what you do because I, I, I learned so much um, from your show and who you are because I feel like life is about having the curiosity to know yourself. And I know you've done that deep work. And that's why we do whatever journaling or talk therapy, or sometimes we create because it's, it's a mirror for ourselves and our souls, but also having the curiosity to know yourself is one part, but also you need to have the courage to be yourself too, you know, to be truly fulfilled, you know, and sometimes with creators, sometimes we get to know ourselves and what lights us up, but we hold back and because we're afraid of failure or afraid of how we're going to look and, you know, but my, my thing is, I did this, I talk about in the book, I work with a lot of actors and uh, Will Smith did, was gracious enough to give the cover quote for, for our book. And one of the stories I talk about another actor is Jim Carrey. And I'm at his home uh, we're together and we take a break to uh, have lunch, all these brain foods, right? We're making guacamole and everything. <laughs> and I really want to know, the, 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 the host of the curiosity of me just wants to know like, hey, why do you do what you do? I'm just, I just have to ask, like, why? He's like, Jim, I act like a complete fool so extreme on camera because i want to give people who are watching permission to be themselves he's like my my mission in life is to free people from the concern of other others that that's what part of what limits us and i really do believe that you know it's a lot of what we do is that no matter your age or how you know so many people are paralyzed by the thought of making a mistake and i just want to remind everybody here that mistakes are proof that you're trying 
when you learn from them, uh, they have the power to turn you into something better than you were before. And I just want to remind everybody also, whoever needs to hear this is that you are not your mistakes. You know, you go out there and iterate and put that, you know, post up, or put that music out there, make that video, put up those, those photos. Because when you make a mistake, keep in mind, it doesn't say anything about who you are as a person. Many people make a mistake and they jump to conclusions that maybe that something about their self-worth, but we realize that no one is perfect, right? That, that you make mistakes, but mistakes don't make you. And they're here to be able to guide us. They're here to not, not define us, but we use them as stepping stones to get to another level of ourself. And um, since everybody makes mistakes, it's not how we make mistakes, but really more how, how we deal with those things that define us. And you don't have to be proud of your mistakes, but you can be proud of how you learn from them and you can be proud how it made you a better person. And I think that's the journey we're all on, right? Chase, we're, we're like, Absolutely. we're on this journey together to realize, reveal, express our fullest potential. And, and that's why I love the, the, the platform you've created in all different forms, because, you know, that's what lights, what lights us up. That lights, what light, I feel like people are burnt out and they feel exhausted all the time, not because they're doing too much. Often we feel burnt out because we're doing too little of the things that make us come alive, right? The things that really spark our flame. And I would say right now, sometimes we have a tendency of shrinking our light because we're afraid that it's shining in somebody else's eyes. And that's not the thing to do right now. Right now, no matter what's going on in the world, remember I, I opened up this conversation with life is a C between B and D, B is birth, D is death, C is choice. I believe that these difficult times, choice, they can define us. These difficult times can diminish us or these difficult times can develop us. You know, we, we decide in that. And the biggest mistake I feel like is people, they downgrade their dreams or their creative pursuits to meet this current situation, right? Do not downgrade your dreams to meet this current situation. Upgrade your mindset, your motivation, you know, your discipline, your capabilities to be able to meet those grand dreams, right? Now's the time to be too optimistic, to scare, to, to, to determine, to be, to doubt, you know, and, and this is, this is the way. There is no better way to wrap this up than what you just shared with us. I'm so grateful for your time, Jim, your true master of your craft and a light in uh, a sometimes dim world. So much of, you know, I like to think that the most important words are the ones we say to ourselves. And that message that you just shared resonates deeply. Uh, you know, there are folks around the world, Katigo, Carlos, Arena, Michael, Tanesh, Liliana, uh, John Flix, uh, Tana, uh, Radana. There, there are, I mean, again, it's scrolling so fast, I can't read to say that you've lit us up today would be a radical understatement and just grateful to have your time, attention, and contribution to our mission here at Creative Live. And uh, just so grateful. Again, I just want to give a shout out to your book, Limitless, the podcast, Quick Brain. And uh, we're here. If I can ever be of service to you or this community, um, we're here for you. And I want to say a huge personal thank you, Jim. Chase, I would love to have you on, on our, on our show. That would, that would be, I would love to, to geek out about create your creative process. Sign me up. Sign me up. I, I do yeah. it tomorrow. You just, yeah, I, you I, just... I really do believe that everybody here, we, we are the greatest project that we'll ever get to work on, you know, and make time for that. Take time, create, create magic. Signing off.
with uh, today's episode, just a barn burner. <laughs> Jim Quick, thank you so much for being on the show. All the folks out here uh, who are part of the live broadcast today, I want to say thank you. You can always find it at creativelive.com. And uh, again, without further um, conversation, you know you, you know where to come get more of this. We gave you a lot of, of uh, Jim's coordinates, and, uh, and this will always be here for you at Creative Live for free. So thanks for uh, tuning in. And everyone out there in the world, I bid you adieu until next time. All right. Thanks for listening. Hey, before you go, I want you to know that I never, not for a millisecond, take it for granted that you have decided to spend some of your time and attention here on the show with yours truly, guest or no guest. It's just an outright privilege. I don't take it for granted for a second. I want to say thank you. In line with that, this is a community and I would love if you've been moved or inspired or whatever to share this with anyone that is in your universe. Uh, feel free to shout questions or and just even a shout out to, to yours truly or the guest means the world. I want to say thanks and have a good one.